Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hating yourself or parts of yourself or denying the part of you that isn't perfect. That will never help you heal. We don't heal by hating ourselves. We heal and grow with love and compassion. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I am your big sister and your host, Violetta. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to today's podcast. It is almost adulting. We have new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Today, we have a beautiful solo episode for you that took me two to three weeks to write, to digest, to figure out, and you're going to love it because you are going to be a new person by the end of it. I tried to make it short. And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave me a five-star review on the podcast app. I appreciate it tremendously. I read all the reviews and it always really, really, really helps me and my podcast, especially these solo episodes that I put so much work into. So again, if you love me and you're my bestie, you will go ahead and remember to write me a review after you listen to this episode on the podcast app, okay? And of course, share with your friends if you enjoy, but trust me, today's episode is good. So picture this, okay? Beneath the surface of every individual lies a mysterious realm known as the shadow. This is a place of our most hidden thoughts, our emotions, and our desires. As Carl Jung, the renowned psychologist, once said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So today we are doing shadow work and I get to kind of dive into what it is. So shadow work is a psychological concept rooted in the work of Carl Jung. He's a swift psychiatrist and psychoanalysis that came up with this whole concept and term. It basically involves diving into the unconscious aspects of our psyche to bring to light and integrate the parts of ourselves that we tend to reject, deny, or suppress, aka It's about working with your unconscious mind to uncover the parts of yourself that you repress and hide from yourself. It's a journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. And this leads not only to personal growth and transformation, but it also leads to forming better relationships in your life, including specifically your romantic ones. This typically involves exploring our most dark side, the parts of ourselves that we keep hidden away for a reason. All the emotions we repress, the fears we deny, the trauma we thought we healed, the things of ourselves we hate the most. It can be very confronting and a painful experience. That's how you know you're doing the work when it feels uncomfortable 
And when you don't want to do it, or when you're crying your eyes out, or when it feels painful, that's when you know you're going through it. But trust me, it's even more painful if you don't do the work, because when we neglect our shadow, then it tends to leak into our lives, influencing our decisions, our reactions, our relationships, often without even our awareness. We think, oh, well, this person must just bring out the worst in me, or It must be everyone else. I can't be the problem. Yet you constantly find yourself apologizing for your reactions, therefore allowing people to get away with hurting you since your reaction to their wrongdoings ends up outweighing what they did to you and so on. So first, before we dive into this, for the people who don't even realize that you may have a shadow or that you need to do shadow work, let me give you an example of the top three places that are the most obvious where you're going to meet your shadow self. Number one, when you are judging someone for doing something or being a certain way. Because when we judge others, it typically points at where we are actually insecure about ourselves. Number two, at any time where there's exaggerated anger, this is my biggest issue. I'll be as transparent as possible. This is why I started doing shadow work on myself. This is a type of anger that dominates you where you see nothing but red. And once it dominates you, it starts to control and pour into the people that you talk to and your surroundings. You feel like you are losing control and you can't hold back. You set fire to everything around you. In a blink of an eye, you destroy everything. And you normally end up regretting this within minutes, hours, days, and years later. Or number three. Wherever you may feel guilt or shame is basically where you have this pit in your stomach and it just kind of feels gross and it leads you to trying to avoid a situation or a person or your thoughts, which then causes you to feel anxiety and it causes you to create a narrative in your head that things are so much worse than they really are. Your mind has now created mountains out of little road bumps. People are so afraid of the term of, quote unquote, doing the shadow work or the term shadow or doing shadow work because it sounds so dark and dirty when in reality, shadow work is just a spiritual term for self-awareness and maturity. So here's the thing. Not everyone can actually do the work that needs to be done in order to get the blessings and rewards that you will get at the end of it. Because without self-awareness and accountability, you can't move forward. So if you're listening right now, pat yourself on the back because you are already so ahead of so many other people that lack the self-awareness that you need to have in order to do this work. And because of that, those people will not be willing to do the work. And if you don't do the work on yourself, then guess what? You can't expect to attract all these wonderful, amazing people that you believe that you deserve because we mirror all of the people that we attract. So if you're looking for the most amazing, wonderful people and what you believe you deserve, then you first need to be the best. And that's how you're going to attract the best. So until then, you're going to continue to attract people who will mirror your trauma to you. And then you will call them toxic, not realizing that it's actually your shadow looking into your eyes, begging you to notice them, begging you to heal them. So today, what we're going to do, I'm just going to get straight to the point because it's already been a few minutes of the beginning of the episode. But today we are going to, first, I'm going to briefly explain to you what it means, your shadow and how to do the work. 
And then I'm going to give you five simple steps on how to start doing the work on yourself, on your own, and also with a partner. Because if you do this right, this will drive you and your partner closer, not apart. How exciting is that, right? Doing this work gives you an opportunity to build a deeper connection with your partner by not only showing up as your authentic self, but to take back the projections that you currently have from your partner so that you can see them for who they really are. And these projections can often show up either in arguments, issues, failed misunderstandings, as in your reactions don't fit the crime. And now the focus ends up shifting from you being hurt by your partner and their behavior to why did you react this way? That you now have to just, you know, be apologizing or ends up being where two people are hurt, which doesn't solve anything and just drives you two apart. And at the same time, these projections can also show up as quote unquote love, admiration, and order, which means that if you don't do the shadow work on yourself, you may never see your partner clearly. You may continuously romanticize who they are versus who they actually are. You may romanticize them and only see their potential because growing up, one of your parents didn't give you love or one of your parents was absent. And now you're searching for your parent and all of your partners. So you end up looking at them as if they can save you. So you have this admiration to them when in reality, they may be completely average or they may not be showing up for you the way they actually need to show up. But without the shadow work, you won't actually see them clearly for who they really are. And then your relationship can become codependent. You can let them walk all over you. You may call yourself quote unquote people pleaser when in reality it's because you need to do the work on yourself and you can't eventually, you can't blame other people for taking advantage of you if you just allow people to take advantage of you over and over again, where you end up thinking that the bare minimum is love and that's the only love you deserve because that is all you're used to. That is why shadow work is so important, not only for you to see yourself more clearly, but for your partner as well. It benefits you both. So one thing I want you to first understand is that when you admit that you need to do the work on yourself, it doesn't mean that your feelings or your pain are not valid, that the people who hurt you didn't actually hurt you or that they deserve your forgiveness because you're quote unquote the problem. There is nothing worse than trying to work on yourself and then being surrounded by people or by someone who constantly shifts all of the blame onto you because of how you react or because they know that you're trying to work on yourself. So let me clarify. In a disagreement, you are not wrong for feeling what you're feeling, whether it's feeling hurt, unloved, unappreciated, or that your partner isn't showing up for you the way that you like them to. In the past, I used to believe that taking accountability for my reactions meant that it would take away from my partner's poor behavior. When in reality, it doesn't need to because both things can be true at the same time. But part of doing the work on yourself is focusing less on the other person's actions and more on our reactions. Like, why do I react so harshly or so angry or so dramatic or pull away when I feel blank? Like, do I regret the way I acted or what I said 20 minutes after I've calmed down? Why did I say it then? What compelled me to do what I did? For example, if your partner did something wrong and your instant reaction was to tell them that, you know, you're balding and your dad never loved you, (laughs) 
or some other unwarranted reaction that you knew would sting, then you need to ask yourself, why did you feel so compelled to take it that far when you know how insecure your partner is about their bald spot? You get what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. Our emotions often have information for us. Jealousy reveals what we feel entitled to. Fear reveals where there's danger and we need to pay attention. Guilt reveals where we know we can do better. Shame reveals where we lack permission to be human. Resentment reveals where we had expectations. Grief reveals the true capacity of our hearts. And anger reveals more about ourselves than it does of those around us. So when we're dating people, we end up holding a mirror to ourselves. And the closer, more vulnerable we get with our partner, the larger this mirror will get. And I've talked about this, I think, on a solo episode last month about what you do in the beginning of dating or the guidebook or something to dating. So eventually, we can no longer ignore what's staring right in front of us. And a lot of times we think when we're constantly being triggered by someone we're dating, that it means that they're wrong for us. When in reality, that person is teaching you so much about yourself because something about that person feels like home. And that person may actually be a perfect match for you if you figure out how to do the work because they're looking right into your face and they're showing you the shadow work that you need to do. Because this mirror that will reflect on us It will reflect all of our bad habits that we've kept hidden for years, our shame, our insecurities, what we hate about ourselves, unhealed trauma that we've ignored, any old behavior patterns that we thought we fixed. It's all coming back to light. So instead of running away, this is your time to stop and do something about it. Because one thing you need to understand is that we are actually the worst narrators of our own life. When we were children, we created all of these coping mechanisms to protect us, to keep us safe. And now as an adult, it's not working for us anymore. And then if you're really, really not careful, you will end up accidentally blaming, hurting, and projecting your unhealed pain onto your new partner, onto your friends, onto the people in your life, and onto everyone around you. And then you will sabotage all of the relationships around you thinking it's everyone else but you. So in your relationships, whether it's platonic or romantic, You got to start paying attention to how do I react to certain things? And before you rush into blaming the other person for making you feel pain or making you feel small, take a step back and ask yourself, why am I reacting like this? Like I already said. So instead of blaming or shutting down as one of your coping mechanisms that protected you as a child that's no longer working for you as an adult, this is where you have to dig a little deeper and figure out, how am I hurting? So that's where you say, Okay, let's say, okay, I'm hurting because my partner is being mean to me and a terrible person. That's a story you're telling yourself in your head. But then you really sit there and you ask yourself, okay, well, why is that person a terrible person? Okay, because, well, I guess I'm actually saying they're a terrible person because they weren't there for me today when I was clearly sad and needed them. And boom, there it is. You name called someone, you got angry, you pulled away, you thought they were the shittiest person when in reality... I'm hurting because my partner didn't realize how sad I was today. And it made me feel like I don't matter to them, that my feelings are not as important to them. And that in reality, they're the most important person to me in my life. And I just want to matter to them. And it's actually a really sad place for me because when I feel like I don't matter to people that I love, it makes me feel powerless. So right now, 
I'm actually projecting and I'm getting angry at all of the wrong things, including the person in front of me to protect myself. Because again, this is my coping mechanism that I've used since I was a child. And I've gotten really good at it, at protecting myself by blaming everyone else, by pointing fingers and then shutting down and self-sabotaging or pulling away when I feel like I don't matter. This is how I think I'm being strong. But in reality, it's not a strength anymore. It's just the way that I used to protect myself, the fact that I'm hurting, but it's not helping me. Now it's hindering me as an adult in all of my relationships. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So once you process that, you realize, oh, okay, my reaction towards my partner or the people around me has actually less to do with them and more to do with how I feel inside my fear of not mattering to the people that I love. Because when I feel like I don't matter, it makes me feel worthless. And mattering to my partner and to the people around me is really important to me. And it makes me feel sad when it feels like I don't matter. Because everybody's got a vulnerable little person inside of them. And the only reason that they're acting out or getting angry is because they're trying to protect themselves. And in that moment, it's really hard to recognize when your partner is lashing out at you. Let's say the partner that needs to do the the shadow work. It's so hard to understand that the more obnoxious someone's behavior is when they're mad. I'm not suggesting that you should forgive people, but I'm saying a lot of times the uglier someone looks, the more unlovable someone acts is actually when they need love the most in that exact moment. A good example would be imagine if you're a parent and your five-year-old stands at the top of the stairs and they go, I hate you, mommy. I'm leaving. I'm writing a letter because I've had enough of you. So then the parent, you as a parent, you're going to (laughs) go, okay, you sound silly. Wow. My five-year-old loves me so much that they're being so dramatic and cute right now when they're upset. Like they're writing me a letter of how much they... They're mad at me. That's so cute. You know, they're innocent. They don't know any better. They're angry. You know, you as a parent, you know that the only reason your baby is standing up at the top of the stairs and shouting and saying they're writing a goodbye letter and they're going to leave, not because they actually want to leave, is because there must be really hurting right now to be saying all of this. And it's just a silly, harmless little kid. And they're actually just begging to be acknowledged by their mother. So this is where the shadow work comes in. So what do we do? How do we start acknowledging and understanding how to do the work? Well, I have five steps for you, okay? We have acknowledging the shadow, cultivating self-awareness, 
facing the shadow, doing childhood analysis, and then integrating the shadow and embracing compassion acceptance. So the first one is acknowledging the shadow. So the first step is to acknowledge that you have a shadow. The first step of shadow work is acknowledging the existence of the shadow. The shadow represents all of the hidden and repressed aspects of ourselves, such as our fears, insecurities, unconscious biases, unexpressed desires. So when you recognize its presence, then you are able to become more open to exploring these aspects without judgment, without being so cruel to yourself, without putting yourself down for being human, for, you know, having these parts of yourself that you thought were healed that are not, or, you know, repeating patterns that you thought you weren't supposed to repeat for, you know, knowing I should have known better, but then you didn't. Sometimes you don't know better until you finally know better. So it's about acknowledging the fact that guess what? All of us have shadows in ourselves that we don't love. All of us have hidden parts of ourselves that we pretend are not there. So the first step is to acknowledge it. Now, the second step is cultivating self-awareness. So self-awareness is so crucial in shadow work. It involves developing a deep understanding of our thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and patterns. So through doing introspection and reflection, we get to gain insight into how our shadows are manifesting into our lives and how it's influencing all of our relationships and decision-making. So I'm going to give you some examples. Here are some shadow work steps, okay? Here are the three examples how you can be self-aware with your patterns, your triggers, and your projections. Your patterns are, you have to look at all of your patterns. So that means, what are you not seeing? Whether it's bad habits they keep repeating, negative cycles in your life that keep showing up consistently, how you're reacting a certain way to something over and over and over again, or the type of people that you keep attracting just in a different body, but the same type of person, or where the universe keeps sending you the same lesson, just in a different gift wrapping paper thing that you're not paying attention to. So your patterns are, what are you not seeing about yourself or other people that are repeating in your life? from partners to circumstances. Then number two is the triggers. Instead of blaming everyone else, oh, this is triggering me, you have to look at your triggers. What triggers you? And where is it coming from? Whether it's people, a topic, environments, situations, because more often than not, our triggers are telling us something and they have more to do with our inner child and our pain than the person standing in front of us is triggering us. And the third one is projections. Look at your projections. How do you present yourself to the world? How do you show up? What mask are you using? And no, I'm not referring to your rising sign, which is basically the mask you pretend to be when you meet people like, oh, I'm a Sagittarius rising. So obviously the mask I put on is someone really outgoing, which by the way, I'm Sag rising. This is more about how are your projections actually are showing up in the world because your projections are a reflection of your insecurities. Since the world is you pushed out, how you feel about yourself is what you project. So right now, everyone in your reality is projecting your own thoughts onto you. 
So you walk around thinking that the world is out to get you, then guess what? The world is out to get you. If you walk around believing that you're a victim, then guess what? That is exactly where you're going to get. You're poor you, boohoo, you're the victim. Everyone else is the bad guy. If you walk around thinking everyone is your father or your mother and that they're going to hurt you the way your parents did, then guess what? That's exactly where you're going to attract. So then how do we bring our shadows to the surface? Since our ego is naturally going to repress these feelings that are coming out to keep us safe. But then we're never going to stop experiencing our shadows coming out until we learn to face it. Personally, I rather take accountability for the things that I do have control over and work through the pain, even if it's uncomfortable, than continue repeating the same patterns over and over and over again, or to be triggered and blame everyone else around me and never grow as a person. You can't attract the amazing life that you currently believe that you deserve and those amazing people in your life without first doing the work on yourself. Which brings me to the third one, facing the shadow and engaging in inner dialogue. So this means you're facing the aspects of yourselves that you find uncomfortable or unacceptable. This entails exploring your fears, trauma, unresolved conflict, and suppressed emotions. By confronting these elements, we create an opportunity for healing, for growth, for self-integration. You face it by asking yourself, what am I most avoiding? What am I most ashamed of? And then you have to visualize this person, okay? Because you're going to want to talk to it. So not only do you then give a face to your shadow, because when you give a face to your shadow, it's going to cause you to no longer want to attack it. And instead, you're going to want to engage with it by doing that inner dialogue because engaging in inner dialogue with your shadow is one of the most powerful tools in shadow work. By holding a conversation with these different aspects of yourself, you get to gain insight into your needs, into your intentions, into your trauma. And then this dialogue is going to facilitate a deeper, a deeper understanding and acceptance of our shadow fostering self-integration. So first, facing it, okay? And why is it so important to face your shadow? Well, these emotions of yourself that you hate so much and that you repress, that part of yourself that disgusts you, you need to give it some grace. That's why we give it a face. That's a rhyme. Because how can you give so much grace to everyone else around you and love people who are just as flawed as you are, if not more, yet you sit there and you judge yourself so much hating yourself or parts of yourself or denying the part of you that isn't perfect. That will never help you heal. We don't heal by hating ourselves. We heal and grow with love and compassion. So it's time to give yourself the same love and compassion that you give to everyone else around you, including when they don't deserve it. Stop wasting so much effort giving everyone else so much love and compassion till there's nothing left for you. So think of that part of yourself that you keep hidden, that you're so ashamed of, that you now created in your mind to be this ugly demon. And now instead, imagine it being a sweet little young innocent child. And the child, they don't know any better. They're standing there on their own, begging for love, begging for attention. And they can't figure out why they're not enough. I mean, they're just a kid. They don't know why someone doesn't want them. So now, would you ever speak to that innocent, hopeful child the way you sometimes speak to yourself? Would you be able to shatter their dreams, criticize their imperfections, belittle their efforts, 
Absolutely not. You would embrace this child with love, with kindness, with encouragement. You would hold them tight till they feel so loved, or at least, at least I hope that you would do that because that's your inner child and that's your shadow that you hate so much right now. Your shadow is this dark night of your soul. And I actually think that the parts of yourself that you hate the most are actually the most beautiful thing about you because it shows all of the pain and all the darkness that you've endured that brought you exactly to where you are right now. It's the part of ourselves that have longed for our attention and love the most. It's your inner child who's yearning for healing and for acceptance. And how can you stand there accepting everyone else for who they are, yet you deny yourself the same grace? So next time you find that inner critic raising its voice, regardless if you made a mistake or you said something you regret or you repeated a pattern, pause and remember that little child in you simply just wants to be loved. By embracing our shadow, we unlock a treasure trove of opportunities for growth, compassion, and being our most authentic self. So then after you face it and you talk to it, you can now integrate what it needs from you, whether it's compassion whether it's love, whether it's time, whether it's sleep, maybe drugs, I'm just kidding. And then you will periodically check in with yourself versus trying to spill all of your anger, your hate, your pain onto other people, hoping they will fix it, hoping they can fulfill your needs or fill a void in you. But like, how do you know when it needs though, right? That brings us to number four. Number four is doing a childhood analysis, whether through journaling or therapy, is basically where you get to meet your inner child and then you identify your childhood wounds by going through your emotional needs or your memories. And if you're like, V, what are my childhood wounds? Don't worry. I wrote it down for you so you don't have to. So the reason sometimes it's good to do this with therapy is because it's okay to want to seek support. You may not be able to do this on your own and that's okay because engaging in shadow work, like actual real shadow work can be challenging and it may bring up very intense emotions. So it can be actually helpful to seek support from a therapist. I have some friends who have done shadow work and they use a couple of people for support, like people they paid like a therapist, a counselor, or a trusted friend if they have the emotional capacity to help you that can help you provide some guidance and safe space for exploration. Or if you rather do it on your own, you can do this by journaling, meditation, reflection to uncover your wounds through affirmations, memories, shadow work prompts, tracking your triggers. But again, it's really hard. And you know you're doing the work when you are going through it, through all the pain, through all the shame. I was doing the work last two weeks after I had some falling out with someone, I really did the work and I hated myself. And instead of hating myself when I had a falling out with someone, I was like, no, I'm going to face it. I'm done hating myself for having parts of myself that I don't like, because guess what? That's still a part of me. And why am I showing it such negativity and so much hate when in reality, that part of me deserves the most love and I need to give it some love and I need to acknowledge that it's there. And I need to work through it and I need to be there for myself. And I cried every other day. I, that's how I lost like loads of weight in that, those two weeks because I was just so sad. But nothing that goes up or down stays that way. So I was so sad and I went through it 
and then I got back up. And that's a beautiful thing with anything in life that nothing remains the same. You just have to give it time and you just have to do the work. And I'm so proud of myself that I did the work that I saw parts of myself that I hated and I went through it and I gave myself more love that I ever needed in those moments during the moments I hated myself the most. Okay, so I wrote down the four most common patterns of childhood wounds, okay? I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. So there are other ones, by the way. I'm just giving you the most simple ones. So there is abandonment wound, guilt wound, (laughs) trust wound, and neglect wound. Okay, let's start with abandonment one. So you can write these down. You can write everything I'm saying down and try to figure out which one applies to you the most. So your abandonment wound, which I feel like I'm saying it wrong, it means this is a part where it feels left out. Fears are being left. You hate being alone. You're codependent. You constantly threaten to leave. And you're normally attracted to emotionally unavailable people. Your guilt wound is where you constantly feel sorry or bad. You don't like to ask for things. You use guilt to manipulate. You're afraid to set boundaries. And you're normally attracted to people who make you feel guilty. Your trust wound. A trust wound is where you are afraid to be hurt. You don't trust yourself around other people. And you don't trust those other people. You find constant ways of why you shouldn't trust the people around you. You feel insecure and you need a lot of external validation. You don't feel safe with the people that you're with. And you normally tend to attract people who don't feel safe. And the reason it's so interesting to understand our childhood wounds and these patterns is the fact that imagine if you keep dating people and you keep saying like, you don't make me feel safe. I don't feel safe in this connection. When in reality, you don't realize that that has to do with your childhood. And you're going to keep attracting people who don't make you feel safe because they're holding a mirror to you, telling you it's time for you to heal yourself. So really the person standing in front of you that's making you quote unquote not feel safe may not actually even know that they're doing it. Yes, they may not be the right partner for you 100%, but they actually may also be the right partner for you. And they actually are trying to make you feel safe, but you don't see that because you're repeating a pattern. So it has less to do with them and more to do with you. And lastly, neglect wound. This one is where you struggle to let things go. You have low self-worth. You get angry easily. You struggle to say no. You repress your emotions. You have a fear of being vulnerable. Oh my God, is this me? And you normally attract people who don't appreciate you or don't make you feel seen. Whoa. Huh. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, I guess I just figured myself out. That's cool. Great. Now I have to do more work on myself for fuck's sake. All right. That's a short list. Now let's get to the final one. Number five, integrating the shadow and embracing compassion and acceptance. Integration involves accepting and integrating the shadow aspects into our conscious personality. This process involves embracing the positive qualities that may have been hidden in the shadow, as well as transforming the negative aspects into constructive energies. This integration leads to a more balanced and authentic sense of self. So This requires you to have compassion for yourself and self-acceptance. So it's important to approach our shadow aspects with understanding and with kindness rather than judgments or self-criticism. Accepting these parts of ourselves allows us to then 
integrate it into our conscious awareness. So we have to accept the fact that our shadow self is not going to be fixed tomorrow. It may take a lifetime to work on. So it's not going anywhere. We have to embrace it and understand that it's part of us. And just the way we love the parts of ourselves that are so sweet and nice that everyone else loves, we must embrace and love the parts of ourselves that we hate, that we want to hide. Embrace that you needed these triggers as a self-defense way as a child to protect yourself. And when you were a child, it did a great job. But now it's time to release it because it's not working out for you anymore. But be thankful that it got you to exactly where you are right now. And then accept the fact that it's no longer serving you and it's time to move on. So by embracing compassion and acceptance, that's how you're able to bring the shadow back to the surface. You get to see it and identify it for what it is. And then energetically accepting your whole self, not just part of yourself, is what will get you to the next step, to the next level, so much closer with your partner, to more positive relationships and life. Because when you finally accept your whole self, it will allow you then to slowly start to create new positive patterns for yourself based on your inner child needs. Because part of the work of the five steps that I gave you is where you are constantly still checking in with yourself. Because part of doing the shadow work doesn't mean that you will never have triggers again or you will never repeat patterns. It's normal for that to happen again. But because you did the shadow work, you were so self-aware that you would catch it faster. And then you will check in with yourself. Why did I do this? Or what do you need from me, my inner child? Talk to me. And by figuring out your inner child needs, you'll be able to start creating slowly new positive patterns and have more self-awareness to catch yourself faster when you're about to repeat something. And yeah, that's that. So you guys, that'll be all. I tried to keep the episode short. I feel like I never keep it as short as I want to, but hopefully you enjoyed it. So if you want me to dive deeper into these practices or to focus on how you can dive into these practices with a partner, leave me a five-star review on my podcast app on how you want to request that. And I will do another episode diving deeper into shadow work. I think it's an amazing thing. And I'm really excited we did an episode on this. I really hope you can take a lot from this. Definitely save this episode and try to write down what I said. Maybe I'll kind of create something like a doc for you guys. If you weren't able to write everything down, which can give you the five steps of what you need to do to start doing the work on yourself, okay? Anyway, until then, I love you. Have a beautiful rest of your week. And don't forget to love yourself. Bye.